Hi, Chris from Oh Brother, what are we watching here? Just before we get started with the podcast, a quick note from me about where we've been and why you're not about to listen to The Three Amigos. So we recorded The Three Amigos podcast, Steve and I, and unfortunately there was a technical difficulty that we didn't realize until we got to editing. Steve was silenced throughout almost the entirety of the recording. Uh, We haven't been able to figure out why, and we've been trying to remedy it or possibly... Uh, re-record bits of it and it's just not been working so at some point in the future I promise you will hear a podcast on the three amigos whether or not we have to fully re-record it or not Uh, but in the meantime just to stop us getting too bogged down with it we are skipping ahead in our schedule so at the end of the three amigos Steve set me the challenge of watching uh, Pee-wee's Big Adventure which is another film from our childhood much like the three amigos and that is what you're about to hear us discuss now. So we're sorry we've been away for a while, but this should put us back on track. Enjoy the episode. Hey everyone, welcome to Oh Brother, What Are We Watching? Two brothers discussing pop culture with the geeky Ben, and I'm joined today uh, for a change with my co-host Chris. Actually, it's the same guy as ever. How you doing, Chris? <laughs> Uh, very good, Steve. How are you? Uh, tip top. Tip top. Tip top. <laughs> uh, we are closing in on Christmas. Just weeks to go now. Yikes! Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Getting ready for it. Um, so, Chris, we are going to speak today about a film, another film from our childhood, Pee Wee Herman's. Yeah, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Yeah. So we're going to talk about Pee Wee's Big Adventure, a big part of our childhood. Uh, before that, you got any news to share with the common folk? Uh, no, no, no nuggets. I have nuggets. Well, I have a small nugget, a perfectly formed nugget. Oh, let's hear kind it. Of. Um, and it's it's not really news. That it'll do. It'll do. It'll do. News nuggets. So just just for funsies, I've been playing a little fantasy game. If any of you play out there play fantasy sports, you'll uh, understand. Uh, it's called Fantasy Movie League. Uh, you can uh-huh. catch that at fantasymovieleague.com and uh, I've been playing it um, and basically it's a fantasy game Chris where mm-hmm. you pick your movies every week that you think is going to top the box office charts but you've you've got kind of like a fantasy cinema with eight okay. screens and oh, so you, you pay you... to put movies on <laughs> so you've got a thousand bucks to spend every uh, every week Okay. you put on your films and then you top up your scores already. it's just a bit of fun it's just a bit of fantasy fun, and if you ever played fantasy sports, um, I advise you to give it a whirl. It's a fun way to kind of keep up on what's coming out. That does sound fun. That does sound fun. You didn't back Justice League, did you? Well, you see, the the, the aim of the game is, so the, the, the films that are expected to do well are uh-huh. more expensive to buy. Mm-hmm. So the trick is not actually going for whoever's going to be number one, but it's filling your cinema with like the best value. So there's a bit of a kind of a sporting element there into it. So you need to mm-hmm. you need to pick and choose your films a bit more carefully. So it's just yeah. a bit of fun. This is a bit of fun. If you uh, fancy it, uh, highly recommend you join up. Absolutely free. There are prizes on offer if you can top the uh, the box office that week. Fantastic. Yeah, I might give that a go. Especially as our fantasy football season is going to be drawing to a, a close within a few weeks. Yes, and I will almost certainly be triumphant again. I very much doubt it. Okay. <laughs> so, Chris, we're talking about this week, we're talking about Pee Wee Herman's Big Adventure. Mm-hmm. Uh, a movie f- that we watched a lot of in our childhood, but i got to be honest with you, 
I have very little memories of it, uh, other than watched. I remember watching it, and uh-huh. when I watched it this time, it seemed very familiar. But mm-hmm. I have absolutely nothing else to remember it from my past. <laughs> you know, I. <laughs> it's the strangest thing. I uh, I cannot remember either particularly where it came from. You know, like a lot of things. Uh, you know, we've been able to point to that was a mum thing, that was a dad thing, that was something you caught most likely on BBC Two at eleven o'clock at night. Is is kind of your usual sort of. That's like the sweet spot. Mm-hmm. Um, this film, it just appeared. It, you know, like a gift, like a gift from the gods. We had it on tape. I'm pretty sure. Um, but I have no memory of how we came across it or why, uh, or, or who, who in particular introduced us to it. I remember watching it a lot. Um, and yeah, I think almost every section of, of the film brought, I was like, Oh, this, this is, this is familiar. I remember this. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, I have very few memories specifically of watching it. I actually remember watching it alone a lot. Um, yeah, it was. It is kind of creepy. <laughs> I certainly, I, I have much better memories of watching the TV show, which I don't think you had particularly a lot of time for. Pee Wee's Playhouse. Well, the TV show came after, apparently. Mm. So mm. this is all. This is all different. But um, the, my only, I only memories were, I don't know. I think one year getting fresh videotapes, and this was like a virgin <laughs> videotape, and it was used for this film. I think it may be enough Sky Movies. Yeah, that's all I can remember. I have no idea why. I have no idea why I was so interested in watching it, or why I would record it. But no. it was on tape, and we watched it a lot. You know what? I'm having a brainwave here. I reckon this was a global video thing. I reckon this was something we rented from the local video store because it looked fun. It was probably in the kids section, um, which may or may not be a mislabeling. I think we need to discuss that uh, going forward. Mm. Um, but. Yeah, that that seems about right. Actually, it seems like something we'd have rented. You know, mum would have, mum or dad would have rented us to just shut us up for a few hours. Well, we um, needed shutting up. We needed shutting up. We and, needed something uh, to do. Yeah, we also got hit a lot as children. Not, not actually, not a lot, <laughs> but we got hit. You more than me, I think. Definitely you took the him. you took the brunt of the parental abuse, and that wound me up because yep. you always deserved it more. But yeah. you were smaller, mm-hmm. so you got away with it a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. Plus, if 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 you and I ever fought, you would get the blame. Even if I, like, if I instigated it by pushing you repeatedly over and over again to to the point where your only choice really was to physically retaliate against me, and then I would immediately cry, and uh, then you'd get a bollocking for it. That's right. I'd it's, always get a bollocking. It's a great life being me. It is. Um, but I don't think you've learned <laughs> life's lessons the way that I did, <laughs> which is why you're a colossal no. disappointment. No, we're very different, really. Uh... <laughs> we are on two different wavelengths. <laughs> uh, I'd say so. I'd say so. So, um, so yeah, the movie. Um, what did what did you think rewatching it years later? At least two decades, I'd wager, since the last time we watched it. Chris, it is a strange fucking film. It is a strange film. It is a strange film, and it's it's less strange when you consider who made it. But still, it's it is a strange, mind bending film, especially when you consider that the character is kind of for kids. It is a real kind of modern for the time it was made in, 
Alice in Wonderland. Mm, mm. But it's kind of with a bit of a scare factor in it. It's <laughs> that, it's a fucked up film. The film is fucking nightmare fuel. If you want to <laughs> trace exactly that. anything that I'm scared of, like, I'm going to be like God's honest truth, right? As I'm watching this film, I felt a constant sense of trepidation because all of these, like, I don't know why. I, I, I was scared of the film when I was young, but I still watched it. Um, and all of those childhood fears or, or just things that you can't quite put your finger on. You're not scared of it. You're not going to turn the TV off, but it makes you feel grossly uncomfortable. Mm. Um, a lot of them uh, are in this movie. Um, so I'm mainly thinking of, so he chains up his bike ridiculously. His bike's covered in chains mm. to uh, a motorized clown. And when he comes back, the sort of inciting incident where his his bike has been stolen uh, and the, the motorized clown is just sort of slowly waving back and forth in, you know, with the tatters of the chains around it. And it's all of a sudden got an evil smile and it's it's laughing. There's an evil maniacal laughter behind it. I mean, everything that's... outside of his, his <sighs> safe space home is a fucking hellscape, right? Yeah. And it's presented in that way. The second he leaves his yard, he's under danger from his bike being stolen. There's yeah. crazy clowns. There's the whole nightmare journey across America is just yeah. full of odd characters. And, and it's just, just, I mean, we'll get to Large March. Oh, but that's L- Large March. <laughs> yeah. It's that, uh, that's been with me my whole life. It really has. And I'm not entirely sure. Um, that the reason uh that the reason I'm afraid of snakes isn't kind of down to this film as well. Oh yes, the infamous. F- I'm pretty sure you were fine with snakes for sixteen years. And then Not just... sixteen. Don't be ridiculous. I tell you what, right? You were fine with snakes when you watched this. I can tell you that. I was. I was. Um, but maybe I wasn't. I mean, that's it. Maybe maybe this sort of implanted a fear. Maybe yeah. I subconsciously started associating snakes with Paul Rubens and. Uh, scary clowns and large marge and you know murderers on the road i don't know in fact i think this is um <laughs> this is another interesting point about our, our sort of uh dynamic and relationship is this i asked you to do something for this film uh which is something i haven't asked asked you to do uh yep. for a long time yep. which is uh the snake watch um so That's i exactly can't right. i can't watch a film if i know there's going to be a snake in it but i don't know when it's coming um, so, uh, most notably the Harry Potter series, every time a new film come out, my friends were all going to see it on opening night and everything else. I was like, sorry guys, until Steve's seen it or, uh, and given me back a, a reliable report of when I am to look away, <laughs> I don't feel it's safe for me to go. <laughs> I actually had to message you and say at like one hour 21 to one yeah. hour 24, avert your gaze. And yeah. Did you actually leave the room or did you just avert your gaze? Like- um, I, I actually, this was a team effort. I, I used the wife to help me um, because the thing is, I knew the timestamp when to look away, um, but I didn't really know when to, to look back because I can't check the timestamp without looking at the screen, right? So <laughs> I literally walked into the kitchen and faced the opposite wall, lest I should accidentally <laughs> catch it in my peripheral. And I stared at the wall and... My wife said what she always says when there's a snake on the screen, which is, don't look, don't look, don't look, don't look, don't look. Okay, you can look. Um, and that's that's about how that scene went for me. 
um, with with her occasionally going, "Oh, puppies!" Um, <laughs> exactly. You missed the whole greatness of the scene because of yeah. A few I think is I remember. Snakes. I remember it. I remember the. I remember the gist of the scene, um, and I, I think it's actually probably one of the funnier scenes in 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 the film. But um, yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, so that's that's how I handled it this time. Um, so I still haven't grown out of that. That's the first one on um, the podcast, anyway. The, if, yeah, first snake on the podcast. I don't know about the next uh, few, whether there's going to be a... I don't know. I mean, you, you, you'll, we'll have to find out. But anyway, <laughs> first one we've done. Yeah. Uh, so thanks. Thanks for the snake watch. That's one thing that's I've got right. to say. You know, you're, you're, you're a great brother, Steve. Uh, that's well documented. Um, but, uh, you know, that's this is something you do that's definitely above and beyond. It really um, is. Because and... if, I, if I was like any other person, I think I would just say... No, fuck yeah. it. I want to see you wriggle. <laughs> I yeah, I, dad, dad always did. He always thought the way for me to get over it was just by to just stare it down. I, rem- I remember once Barry Norman was reviewing Anaconda or something, and I was literally like trying to run out of the room, and Dad was trying to grab me. He's like, "No, just look at it, boy. <laughs> just face your fears." I was like, "No, Dad, no, this isn't the way." Um, no, that's that's the that's the that's the East End of Glasgow talking right yeah. there, isn't it? Yeah. Like, just fucking watch it. <laughs> that's the ball bag. That's tough love, tough love from Dad. But um, yeah, indeed. So uh, thank you for that. So that I got through that scene. Okay, you got through. Um, it. You got through it, and you managed I'm, to watch the majority of it. Yeah, and I'm I'm relieved. I'm hugely relieved that the first words out of your mouth were "It's weird," because. I was expecting you to ask me, you know, so Chris, what did you think? Did you like the the postmodernism? Did you like the 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 irony and the, the way the great camera angles were used for the hilarious stuff? And I was just going to be like, Steve, I just felt weird the whole time. I felt weird. <laughs> I I I I, did, I don't know what to tell you. It's it's like it's a kids film, but it's also very much not suitable for kids in some ways. Um. But it's at the Tim same... Burton. It is really. It is a Tim Burton film before he started making Disney remakes. Exactly. It's. It is. What it is 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 everybody, everyone working on this film was kind of let loose. I think you know this is Tim Burton fairly raw, you know before he just kind of churned out the same shit with Johnny Depp and Helena Bonham Carter and mm. you know it's all every time. No prizes for guessing who did the score though. Oh, but I did, you know, this was the first one. This yeah. is the first Danny Elfman and Tim Burton collaboration was this film. The first of every single film that he ever did. Until they fell out. <laughs> did they fall out? I think there was a falling out. I'm pretty sure I read that. I have not got my notes to hand, but that's, I'm pretty that's sure a shame. I read that. That's a shame. The thing is, this is this is like full Elfman. Like, this is... <laughs> This is everything you imagine from a Danny Elfman soundtrack is 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 alive and well in this one. Yeah, I think what what strikes me as odd is is as I say, you know, the the darkness of this film mm. and 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 the sort of the scariness and everything else kind of makes you think watching it as an adult, oh, I don't know this is suitable for kids. I mean, I'm not going to let my kid watch it anytime soon, I'll tell you that. Um <laughs> but at the same Our time, parents were terrible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just, just fucking watch it what's going it was, on there it was a different time they didn't have net mums and, and things like that you know it was a just a slightly more lackadaisical approach to what your kids can and can't watch i remember mum letting us watch universal soldier that was a mistake the film was an 18 we really shouldn't have watched that it was more of a mistake um, it was terrible oh it's a fucking awful film 
awful oh. film. Um, but yeah, you know what's what's kind of strange is I was saying it's it's dark and it's creepy, but there isn't a vast amount unless it was all going over my head. There's not a vast amount of adult humor or like oh you know this joke will go over the kid's head or they'll just laugh because it's a funny name but the parents in the audience will be laughing because because they get the double entendre or or they get the reference um there wasn't a lot of that like a lot of the humor was still kind of childish like if it you know if it makes a kid laugh it's what will make an adult laugh if you see what i mean yeah yeah you know? I, th- I, th- I think there's, there's, there's certainly not like a double level to it but at the same time as an adult watching it now for the first time what was quite interesting was seeing like the the kind of naivety that peewee brings to everything so he's got this ridiculous childish house he's got the famous breakfast set up with uh, <laughs> the pancakes flipping and everything and we always yeah. tried to see if we could make that work somehow in our, our yeah. kitchen um, very dangerous exactly but when you again when you talk about what he does he's like he helps a ex he helps a convict escape he dresses up as a woman apparently convincingly to the car <laughs> and lets them through yeah he, well he was all, he was all up for it wasn't he he was yeah yeah he jumps on a moving train it. he um <laughs> he takes this you know uh, joseph conrad like journey into darkness yeah except it is very bright and colorful and he's got this wonderful <laughs> naivety of just looking around you know he helping that woman go to paris and, and breaking her up with her abusive boyfriend i mean it's <laughs> yeah it's, it's so adult that's what i'm saying it's, it's dealing with all these adult things but you know it's it's the sort of thing it makes you sit back and kind of appreciate uh, and you can even kind of enjoy it on a different level but you know uh, I mean, let me ask you this what what were the bits about it that made you say laugh or at least smile or go oh that's that's good i know you are but what am i Really? <laughs> I know you are, but what am I? <laughs> I know you are, but what am I? Just, yeah, just like smiling when that came back up on screen or... You know what? Actually, I mean, it, def- it definitely tickled my nostalgia button. Um, it, was, it was basically just how everything was taken to this absolutely ridiculous level. So, yeah. like when he's trying to um, chase down Francis and he goes into his house <laughs> and he's got this massive mansion, you've got like the odd job type character who's yeah. fooled by like a knocking <laughs> hand and then he chases him into his bath, which is like the size of a pool. Yeah. And they have this like <laughs> battle for the ages, like up and down out of the water. Before he then I mean, those, signs those off. I... Before he signs off with like trick gum, two different yeah. types of trick gum. It's just so weird and so funny. With, and I still to this day think, what was the dad eating in that trick gum? Because he just starts screaming, reaming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, thought, I actually thought the same thing. Yeah, I mean the bit, the bit. This the, again, there's just so many images that I think, ooh, that was always burned onto my psyche. Yes, you know, I've talked about the the, the laughing clown and the bit where Francis is chewing the the mock gum and just blackness just starts falling out of his mouth but he's got a big he's got a big like shit eating grin on his face (laughs) he's just numbing away as a child Mm. i just thought that's just hilarious because it's just black stuff coming out of his mouth and it's adult i'm like what is tim burton trying to say to me oh my fucking what is what is wrong with this guy Um, (laughs) it's absolutely nightmarish but um yeah i think i think that was what stood out to me was kind of the over the top joyous it's just everything is just amped up to a living so it's it's 
it is nightmare fuel as you described it but it's also yeah. hugely colorful it's also um kind of wonderfully naivishly funny at times just peewee's reaction to everything like a homeless guy and a convict he doesn't see the evil yeah. or bad in anyone so it yeah it kind of yeah makes it like, this kind of a wonderfully kind of naive journey and i i just remember all more than anything i just from scene to scene started to remember oh yeah i remember this bit i remember yeah. this bit like when he goes to the Alamo and he does his little Texas song and all that stuff and seeing the <laughs> cast of, I mean it's I mean I mean we have to say it is a, a wonderfully rich cast of characters like oh yeah everyone every single one of them everyone he meets is distinct and unique played by a great character actor do you recognise who played Dotty? No, I reckon I I feel do you like recognize I recognise the voice. Uh, yeah, I did, but I don't. I mean, I didn't. I didn't. I definitely, I definitely sat there for ages. There was quite a few people who yeah. I saw, and I thought, I don't know the actor's name, or I don't know where I know them from, but I definitely know them from something else. Put me, so, put my mind at ease. Who's Dotty? So Dotty is E.G. Daly, okay, who voiced, amongst others, Tommy Pickles <laughs> from Rugrats. <laughs> I, I can hear it yeah no i can totally hear that now that's that's wonderful the one that I, the one that um got me uh on imdb was so much later in the film he sees his uh beloved bike on tv yeah uh, with some child actor you know uh, yeah working with it yeah. and i was like who the hell is that kid and all i could find that i recognized him from was the wonder years that right. he played like the older brother on the Wonder Years or something, right? Um, okay, and and that was it. Did you recognize him as well? Or, or I, no? I I recognized it. I'm more recognized him from this. Film. I never watched the Wonder Years. No, but um, but I had a thing for EJ Daly. Like that was, you know, young Steve growing up finding feelings he wasn't sure what was that. But I was like, yeah, yeah I'm into her. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, the, the husky voice just helped. Yeah. <laughs> Pee wee, you're mad. <laughs> stop turning her down you idiot <laughs> you fucking idiot well i mean that that was that, that was something and again it sort of feeds into his sort of childlike naivety of like i like you yes i like you i don't <laughs> like you <laughs> so so childish but i like what i like is that the rest of the world treats him like a child as well a lot of the yep. time like that you know they're not they're not perturbed by the way he dresses or his his strange affectations or um you know even the any kids of that. like when he crashes his bike at the start of the film yeah and he falls over you think the kids are going to really make fun of him and stuff he just gets up dusts himself down and says i meant to do that yeah. and cycles off no <laughs> one makes fun of him it is the most bizarro place ever he's friends with the magic shop owner which is a little bit creepy <laughs> <laughs> he's got this wonderfully world his, his neighbor's like i'm going to turn on the, the 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 hose now yeah and the neighbor's like sure thing Pee-wee. and then the water just <laughs> splashes right against his house yeah. so if that was me i'd be like fuck off Pee-wee. i just got these cleaned no no you asshole don't dick. do it it's not a sprinkler that's just a clown with hoses um yeah i mean i remember i think the sort of very much kids film aspect of it is i remember like any kid would really loving the idea of of being peewee herman and and still getting to be a kid but having the resources of an adult and getting to live in this fantastical house 
where where you know you can get all these ridiculous things and and have the little panel on the side of the house that that does what you want it to and... secret code with a super bike yeah and it used to be like you mentioned francis's ridiculously sized bathtub but that was always like when i was young that was like my my aim in life like i will have arrived if i have a gigantic swimming pool sized bathtub we never which I can swim around and play with boats no uh well i, I still hope one day that i might but um currently currently no we had those plastic submarines though oh they were the best they were the what, best where are they because they had a little hole in them were they like shower gel or something and then we just like who put shower gel in a plastic submarine i don't know i uh, i'm sure they had a little squeezy top a little kind of screw i top. think they had soap i think they were like soap dishes or something dishes that doesn't sound no right. maybe not dishes i they there was something to do with soap i think maybe they came with soap I think it was something to clean yourself with, and then we'd obviously emptied them because I remember yeah. filling them up with water, screwing yeah. it back on, and it would it would sink to the surface. Yeah, and it would sink. Sorry, it would sink to the bottom, and then you'd un you know take out the water and then bloop, <laughs> back with it. sink to the surface. That's a, that's a real thing. Let's let's stick with that. Keep that in. Something <laughs> I don't write for a living. Um, <laughs> so let me. Um, I think we need to address the elephant in the room here, Steve. Um, what the scariest fucking scene in movie history? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Let's go for it. So we've 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 talked about the other stuff. Let's talk about uh, let's talk about Large Marge. Do you know Do you know this is on a list of? I want to say it's the AFI, but I can't remember of top scary scenes. It's like top twenty scary scenes, <laughs> <laughs> and he almost cut it out the film as well. Yeah, really. Is, yeah, apparently so. It's 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 silly because it's. What I think makes this film get me so much uh, in in the disturbing factor is you're constantly saying to yourself, like, this is a fucking kids movie. This isn't meant to be genuinely scary. Like, this Mm. shouldn't actually be terrifying me to my core. And yet it is, you know, (laughs) this silly, almost like playing on the trope of she's been dead for for 25 years. (laughs) (laughs) That bit wasn't scary. It was literally when she turns around and like the claymation. Yeah, the face. Yeah, the face goes like that. But it's the whole yeah. leading up to it with the constant music, with the dum 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 yeah. dum, and she tells her story that on a night just like this, on this exact road, <laughs> twenty years ago, and she gets the like, worst oh, crash no. I ever saw. <laughs> More intense, the scary. Like, what happens? You're looking at her. <laughs> it's so great. You know it's coming, but it's just delivered so well and because it's animated i'm sure they were like oh kids could watch this yeah. pg pump <laughs> enjoy like, you're stamp- idiots it's gonna be a nightmare for years stamp that 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 was like uh that was like a five to five job in the office it's like uh i just need to get these forms done till i go home stamp <laughs> yeah peewee herman that sounds like a kid's film that's fine pg it no is problem. absolutely one of the the i mean it's it didn't scare me when i was watching it again but I'm trying to think of myself as a child watching this and not getting creeped out. I think it says a lot for us that we watch these films at an incredibly young age, unsupervised, uh, mm-hmm. unsupervised, and we were just like, yeah, fine. He's gushing black gum juice <laughs> out of his mouth. Like, it looks like yeah. he's like <laughs> he's like a hell demon bleeding. And we've got large Marge <laughs> telling these stories. We've got trans, you know, we've got... There's issues of, of uh, a grown man dressing up, cross-dressing. <laughs> got yeah. a convict on the loose. Quite ahead of his time, actually. You know, In many respects, 
it because it's, it's not, not like... it's not actually, you know, fair play. Like it's not made fun of, uh, you know, in exactly. And you know, it's it's not like he's portrayed as being, you know, odd for for doing it. You know, it's just that's that's normal to Pee Wee. Puts on women's clothes. Nothing wrong with that. He's helping a buddy out. He's helping a convict out. Because, of course, <laughs> just, <laughs> to get, <laughs> just to downplay everything, it's a convict who got done for cutting the tag off of a couch. I loved. Uh, <laughs> I love that. That that was. I was going to say that was the bit that made me laugh the most. Um, <laughs> because I that I had completely forgotten. And you know, he's got. His, he's he's still got. He's still got his fucking handcuffs on him. And Pee Wee's just like, "What? What did you do?" I took a knife. <laughs> I was so damn frustrated. I cut the label off one of those mattresses. <laughs> it's the law. <laughs> yeah, and he's just like, "That's always." I always thought that was a stupid law. You're telling me. <laughs> Do you know what? I usually get actors and films really well and voices. Like I'm usually like, I turn around to my wife and I'm like, "Do you know who that is?" That's so and so. That was a guest star in Babylon Five in season four. Yeah, yeah. He's had some issues, but he's back into acting. All those kind of things. Like, I can get that. Yeah. I honestly thought that was Jimmy Smits without looking up IMDb. He, he, and I was disappointed when it wasn't. He's a Smits alike, definitely. Like <laughs> he was very Smits. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you what. He was he was Smits enough for me to bust out my Jimmy Smits impersonation <laughs> in the middle of it before I realised it wasn't him, and I just started doing my impersonation of his character from The West Wing. Josh. Josh, come on, Josh, what are you doing? It's not a very good, but it's the wife knows who it is. <laughs> I've got a bad impression of uh, Tom Hardy, specifically from the Sky Mobile adverts. Um, oh, let's hear I it do for my wife. I'm not doing it on air. It's, ah, it's come bad. on, all right. <laughs> ah, no, 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 because it just descends into Bane, but it, he doesn't sound like Bane in the adverts. No, so you have to, you have to kind of be there. You have to kind of be there. Is what yeah. I'm saying. And every so often, an advert will come on, and my wife will be like, "Tom Hardy," and I'll just turn around and be like, "You know, oh, we're Sky Mobile. You get more data." <laughs> time, so time to go mobile. <laughs> exactly, exactly. He just chavs those. Uh, those sugar cubes off the table. Sorry if you've never seen the Sky yeah. Mobile advert with Tom Hardy, by the way. Yeah, well, luckily, anyway. luckily that will make this uh, podcast timeless. Because... Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so the Jimmy Smith's-like uh, character was was probably the one that made me laugh the most, As, especially when Pee-wee tries to spring him from jail at the end. He's like, here's your foot-long hot dog. Wink. <laughs> exactly. He tries to break someone out right in front of a prison guard. The prison guard's like, oh, Pee-wee, let oh. me take a weapon off of you that you put a hot dog or whatever it was. He's like, come on. Yeah. Also, a weird thing I noticed. So, uh, I mean, the film, <laughs> I think both, one of the things that's in common, uh, I'd have to say, with this and The Three Amigos in terms of films we watched when we were young that we've kind of not left behind, but just for whatever reason we didn't, come back to and rewatch etc um you know they have these they have these elements of storytelling or whatever that just you don't see in films anymore and 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 just makes the film feel you know odd and and in this film in particular it's i mean it's nonsense it's just a string of uh you know bizarre nigh-on completely uh, unrelated events happening one after the other little set pieces for comedy Mm -hmm. but you're just along for the ride you don't mind you figure that's what's happening and and you just go with it um, and one of them that we haven't touched on yet is a uh, trip to the he he takes a trip to the biker bar to use the phone. Oh yeah, yeah, that's uh, disturbing as hell as well. Yeah. Basically, tells them all to shut up, <laughs> um, and then 
uh, doesn't really understand why they're so mad at him. Uh, and then they all start debating how they're going to basically kill him. Uh, and then then some woman comes along and is like, I'll, I'll have my way with him first. And I was just like, fuck, this is disturbing. But I noted <laughs> that one of the guys had like an like a Nazi symbol, not like a swastika, but like that, you know, that iron cross thing. Oh, right. Okay. So also possibly bikers uh, as well as neo-Nazis, potentially. Um, <laughs> and now, and after that, they're friends with him. Yeah. They come to his premiere of his film. <laughs> Pee-wee! Ah, oh, you guys! Because he did a dance with yeah. his little kind of uh, hands behind his back and in front of him with the little kind of mashed potato thing. Yeah. It's just... <laughs> I mean, it's it's so... It's actually charming. Like it's yeah. so utterly charming that he keeps getting into these like scrapes with these horrible people, and they're like they're just so taken in by his childlike, childlike innocence and yeah. naivety that he can just get away with anything. So he's just like, "Don't I get a last request?" And he's like, "Sure." And he like, <laughs> puts on a song and does a dance, and then they're like, "Yeah, take one of our bikes," <laughs> which he then manages to crash. <laughs> and it's a <laughs> it's, it's, it's wonderfully well written and I should say it is co-written by a link to our last podcast Phil Hartman yeah he makes a brief cameo as well doesn't he as he like does yeah yeah as he interviews Francis at the end before he gets his comeuppance yeah it's it's a bizarre it's a bizarre journey this film uh, and all, all the more bizarre from just it, it being kind of embedded in my childhood memories um, it's I mean, I think it, in many ways it's probably what a, a childhood film should be. It feels kind of magical. It feels fantastical. It has all these grand images that kind of just stick with you, like the big fake dinosaurs for no reason at the gas station. That's right. Slash diner where, where Pee Wee spends all night sitting and talking to someone in the mouth <laughs> yeah. of a dinosaur while her husband slash boyfriend who thinks he's being cuckolded is getting ready exactly, yeah, yeah. Find, finding a weapon to bludgeon him with it's probably the only person who actually isn't friends with him at the end is that guy yeah does he even speak is he uh, i feel he like he's speak, not, he just rah, yeah he's, him with a two by four not not a speaking part no um <laughs> so something else i wanted to address is something that kind of came up for me watching this and thinking about it in light of recent events and what's what's come out about um, you know your Harvey Weinstein's, your Kevin Spacey's, uh, and everything else? Mm. We got to talk about Paul Rubin's sort of fall from grace, uh, I suppose. Do you know what? If he had done that, so what you're talking about is he was caught in a porno theater, if I remember correctly, and Jack, jacking off, jacking it, yeah, jacking it. Which, um, to be fair, what the fuck else was anyone doing in that theatre? Well, exactly. <laughs> I, mean, I, don't, I don't think it was like a hundred, you know, just quiet, calm, movie-going patrons exactly. who just wanted to watch a little bit of afternoon porn and there was that one dirty guy in the... 25 guys <laughs> with cheap clothes on, yeah. greasy hair, and they were just watching a film, guys. <laughs> there, I, there I was just enjoying a movie and then Paul Rubin starts jacking off and ruining the whole thing for me. <laughs> Exactly. We don't have that here in this playhouse. Oh my god! This, no, this um, is not to that kind of establishment. And and let's be fair as well. Paul Rubens, like in the recent years of like sexual escapades and childhood stars of our youth who turned out to be pedos or worse. Yeah. As well as, of course, the you know the assault allegations against people like Weinstein and Spacey. You know, mm-hmm. Paul Rubens jacking it in the theater. That's like at the very lowest level. Like he should feel really aggrieved 
that his yeah. career took a tailspin for that because didn't he even <laughs> do a little time for that or uh, or did I he just know. get completely dropped out of public favor i don't know i remember he was in mystery men that was like i think that was kind of like his big comeback i think it was like the first time he was back on screen since the debacle um unfortunately it was a bit of a disaster of a film but he at least got a job you know what i have a soft spot for that film that might that might be covered later in our tenure. I I I, I weirdly do too. Yeah. But when someone points out the foibles to you about that film and then you watch it again, you're like, oh fuck, there's so much fisheye lens in this film. It can go fuck itself. It's yeah. just so weird to watch. Anyway, it is. Well, that, yeah. We'll 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 talk about that um, another time, I suspect. But um, yeah. So that was so Paul Paul Rubin's big return, and I I remember being oddly excited about that because again, I was such a fan of this movie and I was such a fan of. Pee-wee's Playhouse uh, and everything else that um, you know I was like thank god he's back uh, <laughs> um, but you know if you think about it I mean people are already talking about uh, or at least I've read a few articles you know again talking about Kevin Spacey like you know he's he's going through the shit now they've fired him from Netflix and House of Cards you know mid-season and they're uh, even retroactively removing him from films he's been in mm-hmm. and stuff but I've already heard people saying, like, okay, but, <clears throat> you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, when is he going to be allowed back in? Because pedo or no, people still want to see him. So, you know, they're always saying, you know, like, what's what's his punishment here? How long does he have to be out of favor before we'll let him star in a film again and, and sort of get back in our good graces? Um, and again, Rubens was out of, like, show business, I, I swear, for like 10 years. Like, he really, he really did he really did his time over this comparatively small transgression. Mm. Um, when people at that very time were doing much worse things, it was being covered up. There he is, only only de- dealing with himself in a theater essentially built for that. And I think purely because he was a child's, you know, entertainer in some form or another, it yeah. was like this massive scandal. It almost ruined his career. I mean, to be fair, it's not like he's made a big comeback since. You know, Mystery Men didn't relaunch him. No, I think he did another. He did, he did a Pee Wee like Net- film for Netflix. There's like a Netflix exclusive Pee Wee film like a few years ago, which I'd be kind of interested to watch, but I don't know. I don't know if this film was like the one and anything else is just like watching Ernest Goes to Camp or something, you know, and yeah. it's just like a, a poor sequel. Yeah, you know, so obviously he's done stuff. He's been back. He's He's done things. All is forgiven. You know, just do it in the privacy of your own home from now on, hopefully mr rubens sure yeah well i mean yeah it was a different time it was a different time and there's lots of worse things going on right now so in terms of kevin spacey and weinstein and all these other guys you know fuck them that's all i'm gonna say yeah a hot a hot oh brother what are we watching take we don't like what they did (laughs) we we don't and it it breaks it breaks my heart but unfortunately it's just so commonplace but i'm so glad that i'm so glad that people are speaking out about it now including yeah, I, I mean, these people a lot, a lot more careers are going to get ruined before this is done. I, I guarantee it. I mean, I think we're going to see a lot of people fall from grace. So let me let me bring up something that because we're talking about like, the freakiness of this, and I'm trying to remember like what we enjoyed out of the film when we were young, mm-hmm. and I remember the freaky dream he has after his run-in with Andy and uh, the waitress, and uh, he has the dream where Francis is the devil. And yes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so again, it's another freaky, freaky element where the bike is like burned yeah. and 
France is literally the devil, but in like and again, costume. scary clowns. Scary clowns. He's like quite horrifying. Like red skin tight. He's you know the guy that plays France is a little bit larger. Yeah, of course. Um, devil suit. He's literally like with the the twirly mustache going <laughs> <laughs> like twirly laughing. I, I seem to remember getting a big kick out of that when I was young, but also to the point where we would like impersonate it. And, yeah. and do that a lot. You know what? It's you've, you've hit onto something there, because um, there's certain things in life that will always make me laugh no matter what. One of them is being called a clown, but you know, in earnest, like this guy's being a clown. That, yeah. I, you, you've lost me. I'll, I'll I'll be dying with laughter. And another one is fat men dressed as the devil laughing. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason I say that is there's there's a commonality here. If you remember the film Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. There's uh, yeah. an amazing moment where John Candy's driving, Steve Martin's fallen asleep. Uh, he's going the wrong way and doesn't realize it. Uh, and these people keep yelling at him, like, you're going the wrong way, you're going the wrong way. And he's like, yeah, okay, glug, 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 whatever. <laughs> and then he realizes that he's heading towards two uh, <laughs> two massive 18-wheeler lorries on a, on a, a sort of on a collision course. Um, so he goes in between them, the car, like sparks start flying. He's screaming, Steve Martin screaming. And then just for a couple of seconds, we go like a Steve Martin POV as he turns around to look at John Candy, who is now dressed as the devil with flames either side of him, maniacally laughing. <laughs> and it's, it's a film that that film has no fantastical elements in it. It has no cutaways or dream sequences or anything else. <laughs> and for that reason it's is one of the single funniest sort of physical moments uh for me in almost any film it it, it, it absolutely kills me and yeah this this scene with francis also how long it went on like it wasn't just a quick shot of him laughing in some flames like it kept cutting back to him <laughs> for one more gigantic belly laugh um yeah, that 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 was one of, that was one of the bits that I think did did tickle me quite uh, quite severely. Yeah, yeah. A bit, again, it's just another in the litany of weird adult things like the the car he takes with. So he's in. <laughs> let's recount all of this. Recount all of this. So he's he's in a car with a convict where he cross dresses for a period of time to get out of the police who are chasing mm-hmm. this convict. <laughs> they then drive at night. <laughs> he drives. He's probably illegal to drive. Yeah. And then he drives off a cliff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Would you think he might be going certainly to his death? Yeah. <laughs> only for the convertible cover to kind of come out like a parachute and save them. Yeah. Where he's then kicked out of the car by the convict on his own, where that's that he then meets Large Marsh. This really is is such a dark film. It's so yeah. I mean it's it's wonderfully entertaining. Let's just wrap that up and just say look, it is if you're prepared for it. It's entertaining as hell, but yeah, being an it's... adult now and looking at it with adult eyes, you do wonder like, what were we thinking as children? Did we even question any of this? My God, I I always question I always question memories that I don't have as like a solid. Mm, I can I can call that straight to mind, but <clears throat> I have almost like a half memory of us watching this with some sort of childhood friends that we used to used to live around the corner from us, mm-hmm. and um, like. As soon like getting to that point where he's he's out in the, the desert of you know the middle of nowhere and you hear the the sort of uh uh so you hear the noise of the the massive um 
truck coming uh, with, with Large Marge at the wheel. And we'd seen the film before we knew it was coming. And I remember us all sitting there, like, in the dark watching it and going, like, ooh, Large Marge, Large Marge. <laughs> like, I don't know, like, I don't know, it was the weirdest thing, just being like, oh, here comes the scary bit. Which is strange, because the whole film's fucked up and terrifying. Not just that part. <laughs> it is the scariest part, but there's some stiff competition. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And just to kind of round off the Alice in Wonderland, you know, falling down the rabbit hole vibe, the film ends with a film within a film. Mm, very meta. <laughs> Where you've got James Brolin and Morgan Fairchild playing him and uh, Dottie as super secret <laughs> agents taking on ninjas for a motorbike. It's it's messed up in a really good way, but it's, yeah. it's so funny. And of course, all the litany of characters come out for the for the premiere, premiere which is at a yeah. drive through it's just it is crazy banana it is bananas yeah it is a bananas film i think it's probably um, the strangest film we've we've discussed actually it, it in many ways it is and also for a film that elicits so much you know we've, we've enjoyed talking about it and we're laughing talking about it i've got to say when i was watching it and it's only 90 minutes i didn't laugh out loud a lot no there was a there was a couple of bits that i i was physically laughing out loud a lot of it i was just sat there sort of contemplating <laughs> wondering what mm. what happened why i watched this as a child why i thought it would be okay why anyone thought this was okay for me i mean i was worried i think i i might have even said this on the last podcast but i was extremely worried that i was just gonna that the, the humor would all rest on the sort of the shtick of peewee sort of in his silly sort of <laughs> kind of yep. noises and I thought, God, if, if it's just 90 minutes of that, I'm going to want to shoot myself because there's no way I'm still going to find that funny. Um, yeah. And I certainly, you know, it's, it didn't make me laugh uh, very often. I, I still somehow found it kind of charming, uh, <laughs> silly, uh, and just this side of annoying. Yeah, it makes me wonder how the hell I watched the TV show because that <laughs> there was nothing but that. Um, and it was none of the dark themes. It was just wall-to-wall acid trip, if I remember. <laughs> he had the little he had the little genie called Jambi. Hey, Jambi. Um, Jambi. <laughs> I think I mean does that is is there anything else from you on 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 this film or or does that wrap us up on Pee-wee? I don't think there's anything else left to say. It's just it's a dark crazy film that's very enjoyable but also if you haven't seen it before when you were a child you may be wondering why to adult men would ask you to watch it mm, mm. because you may think mm, this is also this is childish but also nightmarish and why am i watching yeah. this for 90 minutes well, you know so. well obviously the the circumstance you'd never want to watch this under is like you're at home sick maybe you're listening to our <laughs> podcast and you think i want to watch something i want to stick something on and make me feel better do not do not stick this film on if you're in that situation we should say as a psa that it is not netflix or amazon prime for free uh, oh. You do have to pay for this. I rented it um, on Google Play because yeah. I have lots of free Google Play credit. I, I actually did the exact same. This is the first time I've ever rented uh, a film electronically. I must have sounded like a complete fucking moron when I messaged you and I was like, I, I'm scared. I don't understand how it works. Like, I actually have never done this. I don't... Does Do they send me a fucking USB stick? Do I get a file? I don't know. How do I rent it? How do they get it back off me? I don't get it. Um, Steve, I've got the iTunes. I don't know what's going on. Please call me. I just keep accidentally buying Pee Wee's Big Adventure. I've got like 20 of them now. Is that good? Do I want more? So yeah, I, I, I did the exact same thing. I found out I could get Google Play on my telly. Uh, and I was like, 
two quid to rent it, three quid in HD. Not that it was fucking filmed in HD or whatever, but I, I, I got the upgrade. It's, it's, it's exclusively, as you know, I don't like buying things on DVD. Um, it's kind of Blu-ray or nothing. And this doesn't necessarily exist on Blu-ray, certainly not in the UK. Oh, no. um, so I, my hands were kind of tied. I was like, I either rent this or I have to go buy the DVD and I don't have space for the, for that at all. So um, it's, not, it's not bad. I mean, two quid, three quid, you know, it's worth a go. You can get it off YouTube as well, apparently. God knows how you're supposed to do that. Oh, I don't go in for the legal stuff. I'll pay for my... No, no, I mean, like, That's legal... legal um, you can pay for it on YouTube, apparently. Oh, it's... it's um, Well, YouTube's Google, so it's all the same thing. Oh, fuck! Okay, it's probably the exact same thing, yeah. All right. Uh, that makes a little more sense now. Okay, that makes I feel a better. Okay. Oh, good. Good. All right. Well, uh, Chris, what are we going to do next time? Okay, so I've been, uh, I've been thinking about this. I think it's, um, I think it's time for a little bit of a return to TV. So we've done sort of two movies on the bounce. So uh, I want to do our sort of our, our look at TV series. And I want to take a, a little trip back into the Whedonverse and discuss Joss Whedon's Firefly. Well, that's not... Okay. <laughs> that's uh, that's not going to take us long to uh, watch all of it anyway. Or Well, exactly. I mean, you know, it's... <laughs> it's... <laughs> There's <laughs> not going to be a huge comparison between the first and last episode, as they were probably filmed mere days apart. But um, yeah, I just I was thinking about it the other day, and I thought, you know, I really want to have a a good conversation. We can sink our teeth into about Firefly. Okay, yeah, we can do that. I was a big brown coat back in the day. I was one of those people. Yeah, probably some of them still exist today, crying over the cancellation of that show. What <laughs> yeah. could have been? Oh, what could have been? Yeah, I've got well, I've got lots to say on it. So I, I. I quite keen and i fancied re-watching it anyway so cool all right that's all for this episode we'll be back in two weeks time so in the meantime until we talk about firefly uh keep in touch with us you know by all means follow us on twitter at slash oh you can like us at facebook.com slash oh podcast and finally um you know what you should do is give us reviews like go on five itunes stars. stitcher mm-hmm. tune in five stars keep gaming keep gaming five stars five stars super important we beg you and love you all right that's all it is for us uh i've been steve he's been chris and we'll see you all next time thanks for listening <laughs>